I'm Gideon from the Burning Veil podcast, and you are listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Keep it up, guys. You're doing a great job. On May 17th, 2022, at approximately 10 a.m., Chairman Mr. Andre Carson of Indiana's 7th District slammed the gavel down and introduced the purpose of the United States Congressional hearing. UFOs and UAPs were to take front and center for this day's gathering. In this opening speech, he details how a little over 50 years ago, the U.S. government closed down the famed Project Blue Book. The project lasted about 20 years and was responsible for the investigation into UFOs and their impact on our national security. In 2017, we learned that our government yet again began looking into this phenomenon, only this time labeling them as UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. This new project that was started up is now called AIMSOG, or the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. Carson went on to describe how the stigma that goes along with UFO and UAP sightings and run-ins is unfavorable to this day. Military pilots have been scrutinized for coming forward and reporting their experiences, and extremely valuable information has been swept under the rug and ignored for decades. The purpose of this gathering is to cast AIMSOC out of the shadows to discuss this taboo subject and finally bring it out into the limelight where it belongs. UAPs are real, and the threat that they may pose to national security needs to be mitigated. Or at least that's what they're telling us. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going to talk about the congressional hearing of May 17th, 2022, where they talked about unidentified aerial phenomena for those proper people. But I'm not proper. I'm kind of a kind of a knuckle dragger. So I'm going to go with the UFOs today. Mm. Yes. And uh, we're, we're missing one of our cast members, but that's okay. We have a special guest. We'll get into that here in a second. Before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce our for the night jacob what's going on dude uh, i just got done running had to hop in the shower real quick and now i'm here i heard it was a whole mile and a half it was yeah yes navy pogs have to run now once a year it used to be twice a year now once so yeah oh such so such a pog i heard you're a shill too yeah that's true yeah. so i'm gonna be agreeing with everything that the congress people said Yes. Me too. The intelligence people. Yep. Me too, because we are paid opposition. Yep. And we have been briefed on exactly what we need to say mm -hmm. to uphold national security and the word of our masters. Right? It's yes to everything except for if it's no. Then it's no. Mm hmm Right. Yeah. All right. Kenzar. Hello. How are you doing? Fantastic. <laughs> Good, good. You uh, you ready? Strapped in. Got my seatbelt on. Well, good. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you better have a seatbelt. Blast off on this adventure. 
I'm going right to install on. a seatbelt on here, like a five-point harness. I'm going to start just clip, 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 just snapping myself in, getting ready. I've got a new chair coming in. I'm going to do it, too. Nice. Sound like a and we're going to match. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of an impromptu episode. We didn't plan on doing this um, yesterday. Today is uh, May 18th. Yesterday on May 17th. Uh, Congress held a hearing on UAPs and the birth of AIMSOF. So we're going to jump in and uh, provide you guys some information, detailed uh, description of what actually went down yesterday. Uh, Not too much, but there may be some stuff that some people missed, and we're going to break it down as best we can. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest for the day. Our guest is making his second appearance on the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. And those that are OGs of the show will know him from a very, very early episode. In fact, episode 10, he joined us as our very first guest from another podcast. The episode was on extraterrestrials and interdimensionals. And he actually made me think quite a bit, which was really awesome. Uh, Mystery Mike from the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour makes his return to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Mike, welcome back, man. How you doing? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. I'm looking forward to talking UFOs because I am also a knuckle dragger. That is <laughs> that is good. Good because uh we need to Barney style this because let's be honest, a lot of people out there may not know a lot of the acronyms that were thrown around yesterday and may not know the language that was that was being used. So we're gonna dumb it down. Barney style it, and at the same time, we're gonna get pretty advanced. And Mike, I think you're a great fit for tonight, man. You like to talk shit, and I love it. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, uh, Jake and I are um, paid opposition. Yep. And we are paid by the U.S. military and the government and the president and uh, the DOD and the DO. Uh, J. Jay and the Department of the Interior, all the way down to the Department of Toilet Cleaners. Yeah, um, even like yeah. the uh, the NSA. Yes, the yeah. NSA and the NASA. Um, well, the the American government can afford to pay anybody that they want because money isn't real. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> you know, we're just we're just printing it out from our home printers at this point. Oh, we got to go to the grocery store. Better print a fifty. <laughs> 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 See, I told you you talk shit. I love it. All right. Any beginning thoughts from any of you about yesterday? Be, without getting too deep into it, because obviously there's going to be a lot of talking points tonight. Um, general thoughts and and ideas about what, what went down. Am I speaking from the standpoint of paid opposition or from Jake? From Jake, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, in that case, not a tremendous amount was said. I I was kind of getting to the end before I jumped on here. I listened to it in bits and pieces, like as time permitted. Uh, considering when we we had an episode last night too, right? So I was just like just working on uh where I could fit it in, listen to it a couple minutes at a time. But all of the real juicy stuff seemed to be cut off immediately, and they're like, "Oh uh, yeah, that's going to have to be a, a a private meeting." And it's just like, okay, so really. I don't feel like really anything was said besides a bunch of I don't knows. I agree. Mike, what do you think, man? What are your initial thoughts on last night? 
Uh, so copy paste of 2021. Facts. Yeah. Uh, just uh, more paperwork involved this time. You know, these guys get together and Congress, of course, is going to pull the power card and say, yeah, you guys need to disclose all this stuff to us. We need to investigate this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Pentagon kind of nods their heads and goes along with it. But in reality, they're not telling us anything. Even, even they, they could have the body of an extraterrestrial laying on a table, you know, and, and Congress could look at the picture and go, is this an alien? Well, we don't know. It could be a Chinese spy. We're not <laughs> sure. <laughs> so they never fully uh, fess up to anything, and they just kind of uh, they give a little bit of lip service to uh, Congress. And, yeah, I think that's all we're going to get for quite a while. Don't disagree. At all, actually. Like, at all. Kenzar, what do you think? Come I think on, it's going to be another 50 years. I don't think it's going to be another 50 years. I think we're going to get <laughs> bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. Oh, probably. So my initial thoughts is there's going to be a lot of piss off people, right? And I think that, you know, when you're dealing with the government, like what Mike was saying, you have to have low expectations. So everyone mm. thought that this was going to be something where they're like, we're going to get the, the proof of aliens and, nope. and they're going to tell us what UFOs are and explain to us exactly the physics of interdimensional travel and all this, right? But really what this was, was introducing a new office uh, under the Department of the Secretary of Defense. Mm -hmm. Or that's it. That's, that's literally what this was was just reintroducing a Project Bluebeam-like office in the government. That's what this was. It's, it's, um, it's another budget. Mm -hmm. yep. That's what they introduced. It, more so than an office, they introduced a budget. Because mm -hmm. from initial reactions, you could look at it and you could say, okay, they gave us a whole lot of nothing. Um, but in reality, what it is, is they gave us a whole lot of nothing purposefully. They gave us a whole lot of nothing so that they could later go back to Congress and say, if you really want us to look into this, two or three trillion dollars might do it. Yeah, <laughs> that that's yeah. probably what was being said in that closed uh, session. So just for anybody that didn't get a chance to uh, watch or listen to this, uh, there was two sessions, one that was open and was public so that uh, media could be there. We could watch it. We could listen in. Uh, basically, this is your dumbed down bullshit um, stuff, right? This is this is what they're putting out for public digestion, and it's exactly what we just said it was. It really wasn't much. Uh, there was some some slight tidbits in there, especially when we get down to uh, uh, one particular guy's uh, Comic Con fetish, which was pretty. Funny. <laughs> um, um, but it, like Jake was saying, there was some questions where you're like, hmm. I would like to know the answer to that. And then all of a sudden it was, we got to save that for the later session. I mean, that's substance in itself. The fact that he didn't just say, uh, no, you know, like exactly. the, a couple questions came up and I'm sure you have them written down. So I'll, you know, hold my tongue on those, but it wasn't a no, or that's impossible or, uh, try again, buddy, or something like that. It wasn't anything. It was, oh, yeah, we need to talk about that in a closed session. It was like, so, okay, there's substance there. There is something to be known there, which will be, we be, sorry, will we be allowed to know that information? Probably not. 
Um, but it certainly doesn't help their case when it comes to does the U.S. government know about these UAPs? You know, whether or not they're extraterrestrial or they're drones or they're, you know, our drones or whatever, you know, that's all, you know, neither here nor there. The fact is that with just that statement of like that sudden like jerk reaction, we need to talk about this in a closed session. Okay, there's substance there. So that's cool. Yes. That is cool. And that's really why I wanted to talk about this, because honestly, I didn't think that there was going to be anything to talk about, just like there was in 2021. I mean, we still ended up talking a little bit about it in 2021 mm -hmm. when they came out with the Tic Tac video, the gimbal and the go fast videos, um, which were you know pretty cool videos. But we had seen them already. Right. Uh, the government just came out and said that they were real. Mm -hmm. OK, cool. Um, anyways, let's get into this. Um, I'm going to dive into the opening statements by the chairman of the congressional hearing from yesterday. Does anybody else have anything to say before I jump into that? Negativo. Nope. Copy. Copy. All right. So Chairman Andre Carlson began the hearing with a few questions and statements directed at the two representatives of AIMSOC in attendance. With the June 2022 deadline for implementation fast approaching, why does the group not even have a main director assigned yet? Two, what are the obstacles of getting it up and running? Three, convince the audience, especially military aviators, that the culture has changed around these objects and that those that do, do report UAPs will be taken seriously, not as kooks. Four, convince us, Congress, that you will be responsible with the facts and lead us to their proper destinations. Five, when AIMSOG officially begins in June, all conclusions are on the table. Six, and lastly, AIMSOG is not starting from scratch. MUFON, the Mutual un uh, Unidentified Flying Object Network, has been collecting evidence for years. Chairman Carlson goes on to detail that the last time that Congress had a discussion on UAPs was over a half century ago, and that transparency is desperately needed now. Okay, moving on to Congressman Eric Ellen, or Rick Crawford, Arkansas's first district. After uh, Chairman Carlson's introduction to the hearing, we were immediately introduced to Congressman Eric Allen Crawford, a.k.a. Rick Crawford. Mr. Crawford, a U.S. Army veteran, came out swinging with his first statement about his concerns about China and Russian technology involving hypersonic weapons and the concern that this administration was so slow to share actionable intelligence with the Ukrainians or the Ukrainians. It was this reason that he believes that it is the U.S. intelligence agency's responsibility to provide intelligence on such technology to the taxpayers. This directly reflects, reflects on the possibility that UAPs could pose a related threat to the U.S. and the world's population. If they do pose a threat to us and are using similar or more advanced weaponry, where are they coming from? He continues to state that the IC, or intelligence community, needs to balance known and unknown threats better. We already do a poor job at sharing info or finding info on known threats. Let us not make the same mistake with the unknown ones as well. With that being said, Mr. Crawford goes on to explain that there will be two meetings, one being open to the public, which we were all able to see, and one closed, where they are to discuss classified and possible public safety topics involving UAPs. To round out the opening statements, Chairman Adam Schiff, California's 28th District, 
immediately following Cro uh, Congressman Crawford's statements uh, and questions the spot was delivered to Chairman Adam Schiff of California's 28th District, he goes on to repeat a lot of the information put out by the prior two speakers as well that it is his belief that they need to do it better at providing information for the public as it has proven that disinformation or a lack of information only breeds distrust in the public. The first question that Mr. Schiff asked the panel is whether our instruments can measure the UAB. Are we able to record that there is actually something there? The human eye unfortunately cannot be relied upon in some cases, so can we measure it and prove its existence with other tools? Immediately after his question, he tells the panel about how his major interests lie in how these objects seem to be able to move against the laws of physics. So those are the opening statements from the three chairmen of the congressional hearing yesterday. Do you guys have any comments on anything that those three gentlemen put out for their opening statements? Yes. You got. All right, so there's two sides of me, right? There's the curiosity side, and then there's the, okay, well, that makes sense sort of side. The curiosity set side says, you know, if there poses a public safety issue or concern with these UAPs, then why is it being discussed in a closed meeting? And then the, okay, that makes sense side of me is saying, either this thing is, these things are, you know, our aircraft or someone else's, but that there's so much at stake with the real information getting leaked. Like, say this was a new type of stealth bomber, right? There, mm -hmm. I mean, the, uh, I'm sure you'll say it. And I'll just say it briefly, but the um the Navy the Navy intelligence guy, what was his name? Mr. Bray. Mr. Bray, he got up there and he said, uh, towards the end of one of his statements, he said, Let me be perfectly clear, we never want our adversaries to know what we're working on, essentially, is what he said. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that makes sense to me. You know, if this is something where Congress needs to get filled in, that this is some new whatever that we're working on, okay, that makes sense. But still, going back to, you know, oh, you know, possible public safety concerns, honestly and truly, if they knew that there was a nuke being shot at New York City, I don't think that the government would say anything about it. Sadly, I don't disagree with you. In order to not cause a panic, I think that they would not say anything. They just let it happen and then be like, oh my gosh, react afterwards, not react before. Like, I don't have the level of trust to say that, or like a meteor is going to take out all the West Coast. I have no trust that that would ever be put out. It would just, they just be like, ooh. Nothing we can do there. It's just going to happen, right? Let them live the last, you know, 20 minutes of their lives, you know, thinking everything's okay until this fireball smashes into the <laughs> into the, the ground, right? But it just like, and that's concerning to me, right? That whole, you know, this could have a concern for public safety, just saying that, but we're not going to talk about it so that anybody in the public can hear about it. And we know for dang sure that Congress isn't going to put that crap out. Right. Right. They don't put out anything, you know? <laughs> and so it's just like, so I, I understand partially. And on the other side, I'm like, oh, that's pretty messed up. You know, wh what are they doing? Are they probing everybody? You know, what's, th what's the concern? <laughs> They're stealing cars. 
They're like those catalytic converter th- uh, thieves. Yeah, they're aliens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> travel light years, thousands of light years for your catalytic to converter. get the platinum out of the catalytic converters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ends our mic. Anything from you two? I got nothing. I will say that it's kind of the the general government answer to everything is that this is in the interest of national security. This is in the interest of, this is your best interest. We're looking out for you. Mm, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that they're talking about the technologies that they're trying to uh, keep secret, the technologies that we're working on, or the capabilities that we have within our military aircraft or um, anything of the sort. but. You know, in in the same day, just what fifteen hours ago this morning, NASA said that China is incredibly good at stealing our technology. Mm-hmm. NASA said that, mm. so I wouldn't put it past them to say, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna safeguard these secrets and we're gonna do all that." But I think definitively, they definitely have an answer. But as I said previously, it boils down to how can we get more money out of Congress? How can we get more of a budget to put towards that DOD, that DOJ, um, that defense budget, the military spending? That's really all it boils down to. It boils down to how can we exploit this? They have the answers. They're just trying to be mysterious about it, and they're trying to you know, act like they don't know things and they're they're in the dark about all this technology and they're in the dark about all these videos. They're not sure. They they know. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you know the history of your government, then you know the history of lying. And it's pretty evident. They did the same thing in forty seven. You know, they did the same thing the last time they were in front of Congress. And then what happened? Congress went and approved a, a black budget and our military grew exponentially. And the same thing is going to happen. They'll give them another year. They'll say, okay, why don't you guys come back and tell us what you have and see what you figured out. Did you guys get a director? You know, stupid stuff like that they're going to hold on to, but in a year, you're going to see the same shit. Except next year, it's going to be the ask. Next year, it's going to be, why don't you sign this check and we can really get down to work because then you're testing the patience of the American people. You're testing the patience yeah. of Congress. And that's when you really get the ball moving. And that's when you kind of paint people into a corner to get what you want. It's it's all power moves. That's all it is. You know, every governmental department and sector is all sectioned off. They don't work together. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not. You know, just look at the military. Half the time, you guys don't even work together. So, you know, it's 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 no different within the government's than the FBI and the CIA and all these other all these other groups. It just doesn't it doesn't meld together. It's all a power play to get more over and over and over again. So. I don't know. I'm skeptical of the entire meeting really, but that those, those opening statements are pretty much like a non-start, you know, it's, it's, we don't know anything, you know, 
We'll, yeah. we'll tell you later. <laughs> Come back in a year and be like, I'm sorry, Mr. Schiff. We only were able to buy five staplers with that exactly. $3 trillion. <laughs> we're going to need more. <laughs> uh, so, wow, Mike. So there's some stuff there that I didn't think about, um, such as you know, maybe Jake and I can kind of expand on this because we are shills. Mm, uh, yeah. Government yeah. pogs, paid opposition. The thing is, is that the military has an extreme issue with undermanning right now. Uh, people are leaving left and right, being kicked out left and right, and people are not joining. So the budget, there, this may be a grab for money. You're right. This just might be. And, and let's just talk about this non-existent Space Force. Jake, just a quick question. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of these space force guys i have i went have to you? yeah i went to vannon vanderberg air force base uh two hours northeast of or northwest of my base and it's a uh it's a, a missile base right they shoot missiles off there or, or rockets rather like rockets into space get shot off there and uh, I actually did see some of the Air Force guys running around with Space Force, what's, what you call it, patches on. Like, really? It was pretty nuts. And then they actually have Space Force coins over there, too. Like in the, uh, in the uh, was it the store that they have, whatever they call it, for Air Force guys. But yeah, Dude, it was, if you're ever up there again, can you grab me one of those? Yeah, yeah, I'll be up there in a couple That'd weeks. That'd be really cool. That'd be really freaking cool. So I've, n- I've never seen a Space Force person. Or guardian, yeah. as they're called, never. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they Space do. Space Force Guardian. Yeah, that's what they're called. They're called Guardian. Honestly, I imagine it's similar to if you got a job at SpaceX, you are not going to be piloting an aircraft or a spacecraft, right? You are not going to be one of the astronauts per se, because usually those are like you know military brass, right? They are the ones like even like NASA, right? My my cousin just got a uh just got selected for the NASA program and she's a commander in the Navy and she's going to stay in the Navy but work for NASA. And generally that's how it goes and maybe some of those guys leave and then they go join us a, a civilian, you know, sector like SpaceX, right? But they need mechanics, they need electricians, they need airframers right they need all these sorts of things because everything that's on an aircraft is on a spacecraft right mm-hmm. more or less so i believe that's pretty much what it is is that they're maintainers for the rockets and things like that now is it up and running to the point where they're actually doing that sort of stuff i have no idea right i'm not authorized to have that kind of information at all but but i think that there is there is a a reason for them to exist but I don't know what the reason is for the Space Force to exist. Right. So the thing is, like, okay, I can get that they're super small right now, right? Totally right. understand that. And they're probably in the phase, like, what what happens in the Navy when we get, like, new aircraft and stuff. Uh, Navy's not allowed to touch things until it's gone through all the testing and evaluations right. and stuff like, like that. It's all, it's all F-35s and all that stuff, yeah. Right, and it's all done by civilians first before mm-hmm. all the publications are written and everything and then we're able to get our hands on it. But the thing is, is like, you know, I'll I'll go to medical and I'll see soldiers, I'll see airmen, I'll see sailors, I'll see Marines. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a guardian. Uh <laughs> not 
not never not once have I ever seen one of those fuckers. Um, but I go take some pictures of them. They'll freak out. Yeah, dude, it's like it's like Bigfoot right now in in the military. <laughs> Show me that no. unicorn. Get that poor <laughs> no. quality fuzz too. Yeah, I'm not, I won't take pictures of them, but I'll, I'll get some patches and coins for you guys. They're That'd pretty cool really looking. Cool. Yeah, but no, uh, Mike might be be on something. As in, like you know, that would be a reason why the space force even exists in the first place, right? Because what does the space force do? As far as I know, what they do is basically what air force does and that is satellites and mm. communications and stuff like that right they're, they're not actually going to go live up on iss or right. other space stations you know they're not going to go travel the distance or travel through the universe looking for uh extraterrestrial life and battle and and uh galactical wars and shit it's like not going to be like uh super troopers yeah, they're not. <laughs> the only good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> um, was that Super Troopers? Yeah, that wasn't Super Troopers, was it? Uh, oh, Super no. Troopers was the man. The I misspoke. Sorry, Highway Patrol. You're thinking um, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Thank Star- you. Yeah. That's what it is. Starship Mystery Mike for the win. Dang. <laughs> Starship Troopers. Yes, there was uh, troopers the only... in there. <laughs> the only we all knew what movie we were bug. talking yeah. about. Starship. Um, but I'm doing my part. You know what? Basically, what we know because Mike also hit on something else is that we don't necessarily work with the other branches, right? I mean, there's some there's some co op stuff that goes on, training exercises and stuff, and whatever. Uh, but for the most part, we don't. I mean, the whole you know, if you if you look at the 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 timeline of things that happen with space and UAPs and everything, first you had this the birth of the space force. And then you had this drop of insane information from 2021. That was just nothing. Um, and then you have this congressional hearing of 2022. It's like he's saying it's, it's a progressional step. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they're setting up something, you know, I'm playing a part of Jeff right now. Right. <laughs> and saying this could be a fucking, uh, them setting us up for something. I don't know the exact word because I'm not joking. nukes. Space <laughs> nukes. Nukes are fake. Space um, AIDS. Space AIDS. <laughs> Damn it, Morty. Um, <laughs> good stuff, Mike. I try. I brought my B game today. Good. <laughs> We're all on season D's right now. I never bring the A game, not even to my own show. <laughs> <It's> true. So. <laughs> Good, good, good. People don't expect yep. much of you. That's good. Just like just like <laughs> this congressional meeting, right? Low expectations. Oh, yeah. Yes. And now the whole world's talking about it. All right, you guys ready to move on to the the panel, which I'm this, that's what I'm calling because I don't know what the hell the, uh, the official ready. term is for them. Uh, but the two people that represent AIMSOG, uh, I'm calling them the panel for the day. That's the best word I can come up with. So let's talk about their opening statements. And their opening statements start with, uh, after Mr. Schiff's opening comments, we are introduced to our first member of the two-person panel that are representing AIMSOG. The Honorable Ronald Moultrie, Mr. Moultrie, uh, begins his deliverance by introducing the other person on the panel for the day, the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, Mr. Scott Bray. Mr. Bray will also be speaking on behalf of the Navy's 
Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, or UAPTF. A quick turn back to Ronald Maltry. He is the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. Now, Mr. Moultrie immediately goes into defining the term UAP, which he defines as airborne objects that, when encountered, cannot be immediately identified. Then states that, however, it is the department's contention that by proving or by providing an appropriately structured collective data with rigorous scientific analysis, any object that we encounter can likely be isolated, characterized, identified, and if necessary, mitigated. He then goes on to state that they know that our service members have encountered UAPs on many occasions, and in order to determine their threat to flight risk, they are committed to discovering their origins. To do this, they will they will be looking into, one, potential breakthrough platforms and potential technologies, two, U.S. government or commercial platforms, three, allied and partnered systems, and four, uh, other natural phenomena. To complete this new mission, they will be opening up a new office under the umbrella of the Office of the Secretary of Defense with a function statement of, quote, facilitate the identification of previously unknown or unidentified airborne objects in methodical, logical, and standardized manner. These goals are to ensure that we are, one, working closely with operational personnel on training and reporting requirements, Two, developing data and intelligence requirements. Three, standardizing and integrating processes and procedures for collection and operational surveillance and analysis and reporting, leveraging our research and development capabilities to improve detection, characterization, and identification of UAPs. Developing, mitigating solutions and procedures and identifying strategy and policy solutions. Mr. Moultrie then goes on to outline how this new office will work closely with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the FAA, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, NOAA, the DEA, and uh, National as well as National Labs. Moultrie continues by stating that the office commits to openness and accountability to the American people. However, it is also important to keep national security in mind. After the Honorable Ronald Moultrie introduces the basics of the new office, Mr. Scott Bray then begins his opening statements. He begins by explaining that since the early 2000s, we have seen an increase in unidentifiable and unauthorized aircraft or objects in military and training zones. Reports have proven to be frequent, increasing, and continuing. He then goes on to outline a few important points on the Navy's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, such as the importance of mitigating unauthorized objects in or around our no-fly zones and military areas for safety of our personnel and operations. The Navy's UAPTF took a, quote-unquote, data-driven approach to the investigations to collect as much data as possible and use all available resources to address their findings. The main objective of the UAPTF was, Quote, to transition UAP efforts from an anecdotal or narrative-based approach to a rigorous science and technology engineering focus. Standardizing reporting was one of their very first missions, which helped create a standard way in which UAP encounters would be reported for proper classification and documentation. This was completed by adding a form for reporting 
uh, to the kneeboard that pilots wear during flight operations and additional forms for post-flight debriefing procedures. Next, they tackled the stigmatization of reporting UAP encounters with the new forms and reporting procedures. The stigma of reporting UAP encounters became much less taboo due to the increase of reports being made on a regular basis. To this date, they have over 400 reports categorized in standard, and the standard in naval aviation is now that if you see something, you must report it. And their last efforts to date have been to incorporate new equipment on hand to help record the presence and encounters with said UAPs. Along with these primary goals, there are a few others that were important to the task force as well, such as one, assembling subject matter experts from the Department of Defense and intelligence community and other U.S. government agencies and departments, two, developing the research and acquisitions communities with independent partners and research labs, three, brought in subject matter experts from outside fields such as physics, optics, metallurgy, and meteorology. For those that don't know what metallurgy is, uh, it is the study of the property of metals. Mr. Bray then describes that the task force has learned so far so, such as, there is, one, there is rarely an easy answer to any of these sightings. Immediately after this answer, Mr. Bray plays the very first video of the day, which seems to show a video taken by a pilot of some aircraft recording out of their port and pilot side windows that shows a very brief flash of a silvery object near the front of the aircraft. B, this video was shown that many reports are simply filed showing something like this with very little or no other content whatsoever. Two, when one of these reports are able to be classified, it is often categorized into one of the five categories. Uh, One, airborne clutter. Two, natural atmospheric phenomenon. Three, government or industrial developmental programs. Four, foreign adversary systems. And five, other. After this part of his opening statements, Mr. Braid then presents his second video, which seems to show a recording of flashing triangular lights off the west coast of the U.S., the video was taken on board a U.S. naval ship through night vision goggles with a single lens reflex camera. These UAPs remained unsolved and unresolved for several years. After this video, Mr. Bray then shows a picture which is taken from another coast and years later and also through night vision goggles with a single lens reflex. This picture also shows a triangular light and he explains that this is an image of an unmanned aircraft, and due to the light passing through the night vision technology and the single lens reflex, the image comes out looking triangular. B.S. if you ask me. He then goes on to explain that proper classification is not always achievable like this. Example, and he admits that in the past, the intelligence community has had to be less forthcoming with results as one would hope, but this unfortunately cannot be completely eliminated as some of the information gathering can be sensitive to national security. Bray then leads into the next topic of his opening statements, and that is what the task force is doing now. He explains that they are focused on the official transition into the new office of AIMSOG. Um, This closes the opening remarks from all lead parties and panelists present for the congressional Hearing thoughts, bitches, gripes, ideas, everything. Thoughts, yes. Okay, so 
I watched both of those videos, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was the easiest way to just dismiss both of those things by showing the grainiest, crappiest footage possible, right? Like, I watched them for, like, 15 minutes trying to get a bead on that silver ball that passed by the airplane over and over and over and over again. You mean to tell me, in all of the technology that exists on this planet, you couldn't have enhanced that image and slowed it down so it was, like, going at, like, 100,000 frames a second like I see on slow-mo guys every night on YouTube? Like, all of the technology in the world, and you had to pull out something from that stupid, like, movie-playing app that everyone has on their crappy desktop computers and <laughs> and try to oh, oh there there it goes oh there it goes oh you, oh you missed it there it goes like the entire time i'm just like it is so easy to dismiss something like that if you're just like yeah literally the frame is you know a quarter of a second long and there's no way that this application can you know pick up on that so we're just going to keep skipping back and forth five seconds until Congress says, "All right, we got to move on. Let's let's give up." It's like, "Oh, well, well, the never know." And I'm just like, "You guys suck." All right, I know exactly what that was. Like, that was just the easiest way to just be like, "Stop talking to us." We're just going to show you some crap that you know you can't possibly pull any sort of you know information out of. Agree. That's how I feel about that. Okay. Next. Uh, I would have to say that I agree uh, with Jake about that. I think it was, if you really look at it, look at how many reports were made over a long period of time. Uh, look at how many videos exist, whether they be civilian videos or military videos. There's a lot more that exists. Why would you pick those two? Jeez. You pick one that, you could easily turn around and say, okay, well, the camera played tricks on you and here's the night vision of it. And it was probably just drones and, you know, not a big deal. We, we identified this as nothing big. Okay, cool. Um, and, and in a way, I think that's almost like a, like a strategic pick that video in particular with the triangle formation, because look at how many videos exist of the TR-3B. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, yeah, right. Look at how many videos exist of triangular uh, craft that are in the air. And the easiest way to kind of put them all to bed is just to say, yeah, it's a, it's a drone. Yeah. Um, a formation of drones, whatever they want to throw it, out there. It's, it's the, the it's way a, the light is going flare. through the camera. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of like a modern day, uh, you know, uh, moonlight off the gas of Venus type of thing, you know, swamp <laughs> gas. Um, you know, that's a modern day ploy on that, and that's why they specifically chose that video. I feel like it was very strategic, mm. um, because to the layperson and to a person who is just kind of peripherally interested in what's going on. You look at that video and you go, oh, I've seen those videos on YouTube and I've seen those videos on Facebook. And yeah, I've seen so many of those videos. And now this 
man who is well-versed in what he's supposed to be talking about. He's military. He's in front of Congress. He's telling you, these are drones. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I guess all those other videos are bullshit too. And that's that's a really easy way to dismiss all that. As far as the other video goes, I you know, I, I think it's telling that when they look at the video and they go, well, we have no idea how this is, you know, what this is. That's, that's, in a way, what they came out and said was, yeah, we want to try to figure this out. This is how we're going to try to figure it out. We're going to break it down based on science. The, you know, everything that, that you mentioned about what we're going to do to try and really investigate this. Again, all boils down to funding, money, money, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but again, I think it's more kind of like moving the goalposts at that point. You're just saying, this is the best that we have right now. There, there could have been a thousand other videos that they could have brought to Congress with them that were more convincing. Mm-hmm. A, a bunch of other videos that they could have said, we can't explain this. Shit, but I could reality, have brought better videos. It, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Half the internet could. Right. So, you know, and there's there's plenty of people that take video on the regular. They're in hot spots across the country. There, there's video across the world. So you're telling me that they couldn't pull from those those treasure troves of videos? And you could say, well, you know, a lot of those are fake, and a lot of those are CGI and blah, blah, blah. Listen, the government of all entities in this world have the means by which to tell whether a video is fake or not. Mm-hmm. So easily they could have sifted through a hundred videos. Let's just say a small number, a hundred videos and said, okay, these 97 are all fake. They're all put into CGI, Photoshop, whatever it may, may be uh, Adobe premiere. And, uh, but these three videos, these are real. Let's take a look at what these are. Can we explain this? So I don't know. I think it's. I think it was uh, a move to pull from the crappiest selection of videos that they could find just to present something to Congress. Kenzar, what do you got? It's really easy to take a couple crappy videos and blame something that everyone thinks they know a lot about, like cameras. Right. So that's what was going through my head as you were reading that. It's really easy to take a couple crappy videos and just blame the camera because what what else could it possibly be other than the camera? Hello? <laughs> So <laughs> let's 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 talk about this absolute shit explanation that they gave us as to why this light that's most likely spherical or circular is looking triangular through uh reflex lens and night vision goggles. I'm going to go ahead and say that I've put on night vision goggles before to mess around with them cuz uh when the air crewman let me do that and I've never seen a circle or something like that, end up a different shape. <laughs> I've not never seen it, not once. Ever. Yeah, I've hunted. I've hunted my friends in the woods many times before, and uh, <laughs> never, never saw anything like that. So, right, but, he hunted his friends. <laughs> that's yes. what I took away there. <laughs> pa- past tense. 
Look at Jake's like. No, no. I mean, that's, you know, neither here nor there. We're not talking about that. Um, but uh, <laughs> crimes or no crimes, whatever. But no, I, I was sitting here thinking about it and I was like, I wonder who. Because I didn't really like scan the room or look up a list of who exactly, you know, was inside the congressional chamber with them. Um, I got that for you, don't worry. And how many of those people have ever spent time in the military and had the ability to put on night vision goggles, right? And it's just so, like, go ahead. There was, there was a few. There was a few in there, uh, especially people who asked questions, you know, congressmen who asked yeah. questions that should have immediately said, you're full of shit. Okay. That, that, I mean, go ahead. You can take it from there, man. No, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was just like, because that's such a weird explanation. It's like, why would it come out triangular? So, you know, the... I'm going to try to see if we can find a picture of that. I'm sure we can. Uh, we'll get Jeff to put the picture up on the screen for those that are watching this on the Paranormal Network. Um, you're looking at a pulsating or a flickering triangular light okay yeah or a couple of them and let me tell you there's no fucking triangular lights on any aircraft that i know of so we're either looking at such an aircraft such as the tr3b which are you know secret military aircraft or we're looking at something completely different right or it could possibly be a, a, a secret military aircraft from another country um whatever but as far as i know there's no Triangular lights. Jake, have you ever seen a fucking triangular light on any naval No, but I'm, I'm more leaning towards that it wasn't a light, that it was the belly of an aircraft that so was, was flashing, and it was reflecting that light. Like, because that thing was high up, right? So let's look at they the... They zoomed into it. If, if you can remember the first video, right? Not, mm -hmm. not, the, not the second one where they finally came out and said, this is a drone. There was two lights that you can see, and then there was a possible third one that looked like it was behind clouds, and they honestly looked like they were in the shape of a bigger triangle, which would be what everyone thinks of as the TR-3B or these triangular UFOs or sorry, UAPs. Um, okay, yeah, I, I kind of, I didn't watch, admittedly, I didn't watch the entirety of that thing. Like, I was doing something else. I heard them talking about it, then I glanced at it, and it was at that point they were zooming in on one of them, and it was, like, getting bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. And I was just so, like, that looked like, to me, like, it was a, an aircraft, and then whatever light was on it was lighting up the bottom of it, right? So, yeah. I mean, if it was already in a pattern like that, I mean, but still. So, so, the way I saw it was that these were, like, wingtip lights. You know, mm -hmm. the the red and green wingtip lights yeah. that are on uh, aircraft? Lights and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, not really. But, well, the so the collision lights are, you know, the smack lights or the yeah. anti-collision lights, the 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 pulsing well, shoot, red they, and white ones. They could have been collision lights then, but it would have been they, red instead of white. So there's that there's, that's the thing, right? Is that that's what they're putting it off as? That's what they're trying mm -hmm. to tell you. They're trying to tell you that this is an anti-collision light on a drone, and you're seeing it as a triangular light because it's coming in through, uh a single reflex lens through night vision goggles. I mean, I don't know what the 
fuck a single reflex lens is. No idea, but I highly doubt that it's going to take a round light and make it look triangular. Come on. Not to mention, when it zooms in, those are some pretty sharp corners. Really sharp corners. Extremely sharp corners. Very sharp points on that triangle. If it was distorting around a a circle, it would have very fuzzy corners to it, I feel. So, I, I have to agree with Mike, right? This is, they strategically chose this particular one because what what is the most popular ufo being seen today it's not the saucer shape right it's the triangle it's the tr3b i totally agree dismiss Triangles, it get yeah. people to stop asking questions about it yeah it's it's basically like okay now shut the fuck up okay? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like pretty stop much. stop reporting the shit stop you know talking about it and honestly now i just want to talk about it more i really do but maybe that's what they're trying to do maybe it's reverse psychology and and they're trying to get you to talk about it more um I don't I don't really know, but the 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 fact of the matter is is that the explanation that they gave you or us about that tri how the lights became triangular, I'm kind of upset with the congressmen that somebody didn't stand up and be like, We're done here. You're already lying. This is bullshit. We're done. Right? Mm, yeah. Funds denied. Funds denied. So <laughs> I come wanna... back later with the truth. I just want to pose a question that maybe not a lot of people seem to think about Mm -hmm. um, or voice. Um, Is it possible that Congress uh, works in line with the panel, as you would call them? Oh, fuck yeah. So that would go and answer why they're not being called out. So in a private session— in a private session, they could say, look, this is what it is, you know, and but in, but publicly, it's to appease the public. It's, a, it's to appease the, the cameras. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's ask these surface questions and see, you know, if that if that makes people happy. Um, and it, it's kind of a it's kind of an ongoing thing whenever they talk about aerial phenomenon uh, so far is that. They don't really probe with these questions. Yeah, they'll, you know, why, why, why are you even asking who the director is? Like, that's something that could be figured out tomorrow. Right. Like, I know that you're worried about it. Oh, yeah. You know, administratively, but realistically, like, why aren't you asking questions like, you know, you guys have had a year. You guys have, I mean, you guys have had 50 years to go through this, 60 years at this point, 70 years. Why aren't we probing into this? We knew that it was a thing back then. We've known it's it was a thing for the entire span of this phenomenon going on. Why haven't you guys looked into this? And nobody nobody asked those questions probably because they don't want us to know and they don't want that full disclosure. They act like they're in the interest of the public, but that's that's to get the that's to get the votes and that's to get the the you know, the support from the public and, and keep everybody in line. Well, don't ask any questions. We're going to take care of it. We'll ask all the questions. We'll make sure that they answer to us. What was the quote? Bringing, bringing you guys out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing anybody out of the shadows. If you were bringing yeah. people out of the shadows, you would ask for documents. You would ask for, you'd ask a lot more than two fucking people to show up. 
<laughs> you know, you, you'd yeah. be asking for the experts, not the not the spokesman. So, all right, I agree. Last <laughs> thing I that I gotta say about these opening statements, especially from the panel, is all I'm getting from this whole thing is that they're creating a government form of MUFON. That's it. You know, for if anybody that's into the stuff that we talk about here on the show wants a boring style explanation of what the fuck AIMSOG actually is, it's government MUFON, okay? They're, they're standardizing the way that military members and other government ident- uh, entities are reporting these UAP um, events, okay? They're giving you a piece of paper that says, you know, where, what, when, why, and how did you see this? Uh, what altitude, what speed, blah, 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 and they're standardizing it so that they can they can group it all together and say, okay, we've had so many at uh, 20,000 feet and uh, so many while we were going 70 knots and whatever, right? So mm-hmm. they can come up with like things. And that's something that MUFON already does. The difference between um, AIMSOG and MUFON is that MUFON will take anybody's port. It will take, you know, if, if let's just say I wanted to go outside and fake seeing a UFO. I can call MUFON and be like, this is my report. Whereas in AIMSOG is are only taking official reports. And that's that was basically brought up later on in in the the uh the hearing uh I can't remember exactly who asked it um but basically it was made that if you're not from a government entity or like the FAA uh and very very select contracted uh civilian uh entities that we're not taking your reports um simple as that they don't have a way for civilians to report it right now um so in a nutshell it is a government form it is the government form of move on um anything else until uh before i move on nope all right um so basically what's going on here is i created a I don't know a document of everything that every single question all 43 questions that were asked yesterday we're not going to go through all those okay we're going to cut straight to the juice um I list every congressman uh what their name is what state what district they're from the question that they asked the answer that was given to them by the panel I will find a way to post this um, as a blog or something, it's probably going to be a blog on our website where you can go and, um, read it yourself and really dive into the juice on black and white. Unfortunately, I don't know how to blog, so I got to figure out how to do that first and then it'll be there. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out. Um, but, uh, before we get into the really juicy stuff, I want to talk about Congressman Mike gallagher of wisconsin's eighth district this guy out of every everybody that asked questions out of every congressman this this guy right here 
uh, I believe, really tried to stick it to the panel and ask some tough questions. So let's go through his questions and the answers that the panel gave him. Uh, question 19 from Congressman Mike Gallagher begins his time by stating that the U.S. government had programs or had a program to study this phenomenon in the 1960s called Project Blue Book and more recently the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program or ATIP then followed up by asking if the panel knows of any other programs between Project Blue Book and ATIP that the government stood up to deal with these UIPs and does anything predate Project Blue Book. The answer to question 19 uh, came from the Honorable Ronald Moultrie, where he responds by saying no to both levels of the question. Uh, question 20, Gallagher then follows up by asking if they are aware of any DOD or contractor programs focused on UAPs from a technological and engineering perspective. Answer to question 20 comes from Moultrie and Bray, both answering that no, they are unaware of any programs referred to by Mr. Gallagher's question. Question 21, Gallagher then goes on to ask if the panel are aware of the incident that took place at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana in 1967, where a red glowing orb was seen over the base as 10 nuclear ICBMs. And for those that don't know what ICBM is, it is an intercontinental ballistic missiles uh, became inoperable at the same time. Now, 1967, I know that's quite a while away. So the answer to question 21 uh, comes from Mr. Bray as he responds by saying that he has not seen any official data on that event and that event takes place before his time and that the UAPTF did not investigate that event. Um, question 22 comes from Congress Gallagher, of course. Then he asks, if you're not investigating, then who is? Answer 22, uh, Moultrie responds by stating that if it were officially brought to our attention, we would have investigated it. Uh, Gallagher then responds to that answer by saying, quote, this seems pretty official, which Moultrie responds by telling him that if an, an authoritative figure had brought it to their attention, then they would have looked at it. But just investigating something from so long ago that now would only be investigated by media reports would have been a waste of resources. So question 23 by Gallagher's, uh, actually his final question revolves around the Admiral Wilson memo or EDW notes and simply asks if they are aware of such. And both men of the panel both answer with no. Uh, now the side note here for anyone wondering what this is, the Admiral Wilson memo, AKA the Wilson Davis documents, AKA the EDW notes are considered one of or the most significant leak of UFO documents to date. Admiral Thomas Wilson was the 13th director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, or the DIA, during the time from 1999 to 2002, and before this position, he served as the director of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. These notes are referring to 13 pages written by Dr. Eric Davis in October 2002 after a long meeting he had with Admiral Wilson. On these notes, Dr. Davis wrote down info from their discussion on UFOs, Majestic 12, a.k.a. MJ-12, Roswell, and crash UFOs and alien bodies. 
These notes also include a two-page letter written by Commander Willard Miller that outlines Area 51, UFOs, and crash retrieval. This is all you need to know as a very brief description on the subject, more on the Admiral Wilson memo in a future episode of The Infinite Rabbit Hole. Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, did any of you guys get to listen to Congressman Mike Gallagher dive into these two two guys? Yes. And how awesome was this dude? I was shocked. I was shocked that that was brought up. I thought that, for the most part, it was going to be just very basic, kind of scratching-the-surface questions. I did not expect that account to be brought up. And are you going to go further into the Q&A, or is this like kind of wrapping it up? No, that's that's basically it. So I'm going to okay. – uh, immediately after this, we're going to go into the questions that had to go on to the close okay. section. Uh, so, we just – we don't have 10 hours to, to dissect yeah, everything. I mean that's fair. But one of the questions that were posed to Mr. Bray was if they had ever attempted to make contact with one of these uh, UAPs or open fire on one, mm-hmm. right? And what really pushes me to the idea that these are, in fact, you know, military aircraft is the fact that he said no. And, I mean, dude, there's there's got to be places, military bases around here, where if you fly your civilian aircraft while they're pinging you to turn around and you get too close, they will blow your butthole right out of the sky. You know, and they'll find bits and pieces of you scattered for miles, right? And it's just like, there's no way that these things are flying in restricted airspace. They're going up to where we store our nukes and turning them all off and stuff without having a missile shoved right up their behind and blown to smithereens. Right. Unless somebody knows. Unless somebody's like, nope, don't mess with them, because either it's... They understand that the weaponry that they have on them is, you know, far more advanced than us. And these things do actually come from someplace other than Earth. Or two, they're our own technology. And it's just seeing and testing the parameters to see what exactly can they do. Can this aircraft in 1967 fly over this base and using a signal turn off these nukes? Mm -hmm. You know? The idea that, oh, well, we didn't hear about that at all. It wasn't an authoritative thing. That's BS. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just, like, on board with, like, this is just a another ploy to, like Mystery Mike said, get more money, right, for the program because that's a huge thing. But then also for just kind of a, okay, here we are a year later. Please stop asking us about this stuff. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Right. And when we and later on, they're probably going to break out with Congress with this thing and be like, this is our technology. Like this is 
that that event that happened this was seeing what it could do right or something along those lines that's how i feel anyway um i really liked here Moultrie responds by telling him that if an authoritative figure had brought it to their attention, they would have looked at it. Just further emphasizing that you need to have importance in order for something to be known or for your vo- for for the information to be spread. Some guy with a suit and tie. Yeah. And a badge. Yeah. Of some kind. Yeah. Or a star. A lapel pin. I yeah. bet you there was someone walking around saying, "Hey, you guys should look into this," but they were, they were mm-hmm. below them. They were the nobodies, so they got ignored. That's that's a that's a big thing in the military, right? Oh, I believe it. Uh, I believe it. If for sure, if you're lower ranking and someone's like, "Hey, you should look into this," and I'm like, mm, "No," nah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I've My- got another level of Candy Crush to beat. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Mike? Um, so my question is, let's say that you guys are on base. I'm not sure what kind of vehicles you have. I'll just uh, throw out a general one, like a Humvee. Ooh. All right. Okay. So you guys are on base, um, and a, a well-working Humvee all of a sudden stops working. You look under the hood, and the engine is gone. What do you think, what do you think happens from that point on? You get in like trouble it, it, for it, SE misuse and abuse. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. So you get blamed. <laughs> for, all right, let's uh, let's break this down a little bit because this, this could get fun, right? So it was working initially, and then it just stopped working, or it doesn't work at all. The engine is missing. You guys go to start the Humvee, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" Let's pop the hood. You open up the yeah. hood, the entire fucking engine is gone. So every single piece of government equipment has a log of who used it and when and whatever, right? So the person who used it last is going to get hemmed the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, so... before before we use any equipment like that, we have to do an inspection on it. So even, even I'm sure, you know, people that use Humvees, say like the Marines, they would have to check the oil, check the tire pressure, make sure it has fuel in it. If there's any damage to it, if it's missing a door, everything has to be annotated <laughs> for every single time someone uses one of these one of these things or a tow tractor or a uh mobile power cart. Everything has to be annotated on it so that if, you know, you go up there and be like, "Oh shoot, this bolt's missing." The guy before you gets in trouble and not you. So, right. whoever that so was. Let me re- let me redirect the question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the engine is missing. Is there yep. going to be an investigation as to where that engine went? Yes. Yes. Okay. 100%. So they're going to look all over the base. Let's say they don't find the engine. Okay? It's not on base. Do they okay. they have cameras there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's say they look at the cameras. They don't see anybody go by the Humvee. They saw the person that, that used it. He parked it. It was working. The next time that anybody goes by it, no engine inside of it. Was there a red orb? Yeah. <laughs> the, point, the point that I, that I it, it does join those points together. The point that I'm trying to make is something as simple as a part of a Humvee. If it got all fucked up or if it was missing, they're going to investigate that. Yeah. Okay. It's going to become kind of a big thing, especially if they can't explain where that engine went. 
Yeah. So now you're at a base where there are nuclear weapons. Okay. Or ICBMs, like you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now those things that were supposed to work across the board don't work anymore. Okay. You look at the camera feed, you see these things floating all of a sudden you see a little, uh, little laser, whatever it may be. Everything shuts down at that point. Now, does that become like the biggest fucking story within the military base? Does that become, does that span across decades? So one. All right. I don't want to get in trouble, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I'll put it this way. If something like that happened and uh, what we call scuttlebutt, right? It's just gossip. If scuttlebutt happens and it starts making its way out into the, the rest of, you know, a general area, the rest of the Navy will know about it by the end of the day. Oh yeah. Um, just for an example, Jake and I, uh, I'm not going to say what it was, but Jake and I witnessed something horrific and the rest of the Navy knew about it by the end of the day. Yep. Um, yeah. So talking about these red orbs at a missile site, they create whatever happens. Missiles stop, stop becoming operational. They stop working. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no investigation. They don't try to look into what those orbs were, what was going on. How did they make it onto the base without being, uh, without coming across radar or coming across any kind of uh you know tripwire for better lack of a uh, of a of a term there's no way they don't know how it happened now that's known across the military and these guys come out and they say well no official had told us to look into this um so one of two things is happening there either you have someone who knows what happened they know exactly what they were. They know exactly how that went down. And there is no need for the investigation. Or you did the investigation. You don't know what it is or you do know what it is. But you're not going to tell everybody about it. Yeah. You don't need anybody to tell you, especially when you're the head of these departments. You don't need anybody to come and tell you, hey, you should look into this thing that happened in the 60s. That's completely just we can't explain it it's unexplainable that is your job that is your department to look into these things and that would be one of the biggest things to happen especially at a military base especially with missiles especially you know that is a that is a huge thing that's a huge thing that is probably one of the biggest things the the whole you know, base out in Montana in 1967, it doesn't matter what time it was. That's one of the biggest events in UFOlogy in history. You know, yeah, obviously yeah. there's Roswell and Rendlesham and whatever, but this is, you know, huge, huge, right? So what this tells me is that this whole thing is incompetent. It, yeah. this, this just reeks incompetence for multiple reasons. Right. Either you are incompetent and don't know 
this the stuff that you need to know in order to run this program or somebody doesn't trust you enough to to hand you the file right because th- th- there's there's research on this there's there's a file on this event i can guarantee it oh right? for sure for whether sure. it was the the glowing red orb or if we shut down our own missiles or whatever it was the 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 accepted answer to the government is out there. You can get your hands on this. I mean, geez, like one of the computers in one of our aircraft like stops working and we have maps. We have a whole paper trail for the entire thing. Whole like what paper was, trail. What was the cause of it? What's what did you find out? Troubleshooting. Like what was like the in process steps, like all kinds of stuff. How'd you fix the problem? You're gonna tell me that all these nukes shutting off and they're not gonna be like like, oh weird. Let's go <laughs> let's go home for the day. Like you know? Can you- even further, least. if it was something that was terrestrial, if it was something that was just a mechanical breakdown, they would just say, this is what it was. Yeah. They would say, yeah. oh, it was a faulty chip. Oh, uh, you know, something, something, something. Rats got they in the w- wires. <laughs> exactly. They could have come up with any amount of reasoning, but instead they diverted that attention and said, well, we just didn't look into that. Well, it's it's a pretty simple thing to look into. Especially again when it's your department. Yeah, I got a, I got a, a, a funny for electricians out there. If anybody's an electrician, you'll get this. It's pretty funny. Um. Oh, all these nuclear warheads were were uh, were in series with each other. <laughs> so basically, um, there's two ways to circuit something, right? There's series and parallel, and basically. Um, Christmas tree lights are in series, which means that if you remove a light, all of them don't work, right? So basically, the joke is saying that if you know, like the the rat ate the wire. Well, if he ate the wire, if they were it turned in, off all of them, it would it would turn <laughs> off all of them. <laughs> Christmas tree string, yeah. yeah. In parallel, uh, one would go off, and the rest of them would continue to work. So it's. It's kind of a, a nerdy joke, but I thought it was pretty Those funny. damn sparkies. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's construction talk for an electrician. It is. It's Basic level one plumbing, too. Some, somebody <laughs> out there is going to appreciate that. I can guarantee it. Um, but I, all I've got to say is that I think Mr. Gallagher of Wisconsin uh, did a good job at really... Uh, digging into these guys and proving that this is horseshit. And I think that's what was meant to be done. Um, no, I'm not. I've never heard of this guy before in my life. And I'm not paid to say this. <laughs> or am I? No, Are you sure? No. Actually, my bank account is pretty sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Gallagher, I haven't gotten my, my check yet, so I'm not saying anything. Anyways, <laughs> I am I am surprised and and partially proud that he did bring up that incident. So, yeah, dude, when when I heard that, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah. then he brought up the memos, and I was like, dude, did either did some research or this dude likes infinite rabbit holes. One of the two, I don't know. <laughs> I was stepping into the shower and I pulled back real quick and I looked at my screen. <laughs> I was like playing it through my speaker and stuff, and I was just about to get in the shower and I heard that and I pulled out and I was like sitting there looking at it and I tapped it back a couple times to like watch it. I was just like, I can't believe he just said that. 
<laughs> like I thought this was going to be such a sweep under the rug sort of thing. Like that's crazy. That's good. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, there was there was some slight highlights from other uh, congressmen. Nothing really that we we really need to dive into, other than the stuff that needed to be pushed to the later hearing. Uh, does anybody have anything else before we get into that? Do not. All right. Golden. So I basically made a list of the, all the questions that were pushed off to the later hearings. And there was only five. Uh, but they were good ones. And I'm not going to uh, say the answers to them except for one of them because it was, uh, it was a two-leveled question where one of the levels were pushed off to later and one was answered. Um, but the answers to all of these are, we'll talk about it later. Uh, number one, during Chairman Schiff's direct questions, he asks if the object in the first video is being recorded by multiple instruments. Um, that was pushed to later. Two, during Congressman Dr. Brad Winstrup's questions, he asks about whether or not allies and adversaries are reporting UAPs as well, which Bray partially responds to with context of those reports will have to be saved for the closed session. So basically what he was saying was, yes, our adversaries and allies are reporting UAPs, but what they're reporting we'll have to talk about later. Uh, number three, during Congressman Krishnamurthy's questions, he asks if there are any underwater instruments to measure the presence of these objects under the surface of the water. That was pushed off to later. Uh, again, Congressman Krishnamurthy uh, his last question asks if the presence of these UAPs have altered the development of our offense or defensive capabilities. And five, the last one uh, on Schiff's closing questions, he uh, regard the 18 cases from 2021 report that seem to move with unusual patterns of flight characteristics. He asks if in this report where they state that some UAPs were recorded on emitting HF energy were the ones that were emitting this energy, the ones that moved with patterns that were uncharacteristic of typical flight. Those are some good questions. They are pushed away. Those that, that's the thing is like, these are the good questions. Yeah. And the one that really stuck out to me was the underwater uh, instruments. Um, yeah. That's the one that got me. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're listening to this show, if you're listening to anything, if you're listening to Hush Hush Society, you're listening to any other podcast that's within our genre of conversation, right? That's the one that really uh, sticks out because one of the big questions about these UAPs is, are they? do they go underwater? Do they fly and then submerge? Uh, mm -hmm. There's actually a acronym for that, and that is Unidentified submerged object usos you have ufos and usos right i thought um, that's where the girls in the 50s came by and sang to the troops it, it was yes <laughs> same thing that's, yeah yeah it's 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 all brainwashing anyways um <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think let's dive into these literally, literally. <laughs> <Die>. dang <laughs> Magic so, Mike killing it. Slapper. So Mystery Mike. <laughs> Magic Mike. Magic. That's that's my night job. <laughs> Mr. Magic Mystery Mike. 
Um, um yeah, the the one the, the only one that really sticks out to me is that that w- underwater one. Um that Christian Morthy, he uh, seems to be in the know. And like Jeremy said, you know, if you listen to any any conspiracy theorists or or uh realist, that's one of the biggest questions is are we looking in the wrong direction? Are we looking up when we should be looking down? And mm-hmm. You know, it brings up the whole hollow earth theory. It brings up, uh, you know, (laughs) Nazi Antarctic bases and what they were working on with, you know, the Kecksburg incident and those Nazi bells. And it brings up a lot of questions, a lot of questions, more, more so questions for me. And, um, I think, like I said, that was the question that stood out to me, and that's the one that I would love to have answered. I would love to see what they have, uh, if there is under underwater detection detection from them, and what they're seeing. You know. So this, like Jake had said really early in this episode, the simple fact that they didn't answer that means that there's something there, yeah. and that that alone was worth watching this hour and a half thing was just because they said, eh, we're going to talk about that later. There's something there. And that's exciting because like Mike was saying, uh, that opens up the door to a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) Yeah. So very interesting for me. Oh, go ahead, man. No, no. (laughs) Oh, for me, the one that stands out was, uh, Number two, which was during Congressman Dr. Brad Winstrup's question, he asked about whether or not allies and adversaries are reporting UAPs as well. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Mr. Bray partially responds with context of those reports will have to be saved to, for the closed session. Um, I would very much like to know whether or not this is just like a United States thing, United States, Canada, Mexico, like this continent thing, or if they're able to fly these things over the ocean and, you know, they're zipping by Iraq or Afghanistan (laughs) or over China or North Korea and doing intel missions. And I'd have to think that, you know, I mean, there's some pretty crazy advanced cameras out there. I mean, if they did just a quick, just shoot over North Korea, just you know, took pictures the whole way as they were going and then zipped back, you know, they could just get so much intel of what's going on over there. Or the fact that, you know, it seems like they don't emit any sound, right? It's not like a uh, C-130 where they have to fly so high above the ground because <laughs> otherwise you'd hear the, you know, up there in the <laughs> sky and stuff because the engines are so big. Like, they don't have to worry about any of that stuff, right? So they just, because as far as, I mean, most people are concerned it doesn't appear that they have any sort of jet propulsion going on right so whatever they're using is very quiet maybe it makes some sound but it's you know very quiet i don't believe that we have to use lights at all um i I don't know why they keep getting seen with lights on um because i know you know just from being on the helicopters they fly lights off every once in a while and just use their uh, NVGs, their night vision goggles, and their FLIR to use like heat signatures and stuff. But regardless, 
I would very much like to know, you know, whether or not they're zipping past our allies or our, or do our allies have their own sort of tech or is this our allies tech or adversaries tech? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, are they not shooting one of these things down because China would nuke us if if we did? Because this is their technology. You know, is that why that's not happening? I mean, I I don't know. You know, trying to keep the peace for right now. I, I, I have no idea. But that's something that I'm way more interested in because I mean, as far as like whether or not they go underwater, I think we saw a a video that came out in the last year or two where the UAP went into the water, right? It just went up and then went right into it. So, like, so, I mean, do they have sensors in there? Yeah. You know, we got buoys all over the place that sense, you know, if there's going to be a tidal wave that's going to come and hit the coastline. Um, I imagine they have sensors for enemy submarines and all kinds of stuff. Where they are, I don't know. You know, don't care to know. But there has to be something out there. To me, that's kind of a given. But the idea of, you know, whose technology is this or are our allies and our enemies also seeing the exact same thing, you know, to maybe pinpoint that this as maybe it's not our tech, maybe it's not Earth's tech, you know, or maybe it is mm -hmm. the hollow Earth theory or whatever. You know, I'm open to it. I have don't feel that it's plausible or it's plausible, but it's very unlikely that there's aliens out there. but. I don't know. I mean, there has to be some explanation to this, right? We've seen, at least, you know, especially in Canada, they've talked about aerial phenomenon before. So we know that they, that's on their radar. Yeah. Um, but more recently, uh, Israel, you know, we yep. had, we had, uh, what was his name? Uh, Ham Mashid, who was the former director of space programs for the Israeli Ministry of Defense for, mm -hmm like 27 to 30 years, something like that. And he went on to talk about galactic federations and knowing that the U S and Israel were in contact with alien civilizations. And there have been those outliers in other countries that have mentioned these things, um, whether they should be taken with a grain of salt or not remains to be seen, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine you know, we've seen we've seen plenty of videos from around the world. It's not just happening in California. It's not just happening in Virginia. You know, it's it's everywhere. We've seen lights in shapes above pyramids in Giza. So, you know, it's definitely happening around the world. And I would I would doubt that the governments of other countries are just kind of in the dark about it. Mm. Uh, I think maybe even some other governments might take it more seriously than we do. Um, hmm. You know, and that, that's all that, that gets into maybe culture. Um, you know, we're more kind of a stringent, uh, you know, science-based community, but there's other, there's other countries out there that are more spiritual. There's other countries out there that are more uh, astro astronomical. So, mm -hmm. You know, to think that we're the only ones that are monitoring these things, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think it's pretty, uh, it's pretty world, 
world renowned and any country that maybe has a military backing that's big enough or technological backing that's big enough definitely is in the know. Hmm. They just might not voice it as much as we do. Is Big Brother's going to go in there and give them a spanking if they do? Yeah. They'll <laughs> install a World Bank and pick hmm. their president. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. So I had one more thing to bring up here that I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, Chairman Schiff uh, from California uh, was also another hard hitter. He was one of the three uh, chairmen of this hearing who repeatedly asked questions on the means of the way these things seem to move about without using or without abiding by what we know of as the laws of physics mm -hmm. and also dove into radio frequencies, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to go through everything that I have here to try to find exactly where he states it, but uh, somewhere in this hour and a half worth of congressional hearing, uh, we went down the rabbit hole of HF uh, recordings or receiving and sending and receiving, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to expand on this because, Jake, you and I um, have a slight insight to this, and I think this was kind of swept under the rug as non-important information, right? So I'm trying to think of, by the way of layman who may uh, not necessarily understand what they were trying to per, uh, ask here. And basically, you mean like IFF? Exactly where I'm okay. getting. Exactly where I'm getting. So um, basically, the question was, uh, did we receive any radio frequencies from any of these objects? Mm -hmm. And basically swept under the rug by, by the panel, Mr. Bray and... Um, uh, Ronald Moultrie, um, and then it was continued to be pushed by Schiff in his closing statements. And basically got a little bit of information uh, at the very end there, thanks to uh, Mr. Schiff, um, where it seems that there may have been some form of frequencies pushed by these guys by these objects or received mm -hmm. and i can i can hear the non-military personnel or the non-aviation personnel we'll go with that one instead uh kind of being like okay what's the big deal here on aircraft that are shit aircraft in general right they have a system called IFF. It stands for Identify Friend or Foe. And basically, a signal flies... Think of it as like echolocation that dolphins use, right? It sends a signal and says, who are you? The other aircraft's IFF 
will then accept the signal, okay, mm -hmm. which you can tell whether or not it's been accepted or not. It will interrogate it and say, we are, it, it, it will respond to the question saying we are so-and-so, and this is what we're doing. This is, this is our mission. Okay. Are we flying um, people from uh, Key West to Detroit today? Are we um, puddle hopping because we just like flying and this is our hobby? Are we doing military training exercises? Whatever. Whatever it is. Okay, IFF is something that's, uh, yes, mostly military, but... Um, Civilian aircraft do have at least, they may not have an interrogator, but they have a receiver and transponder, okay? Mm -hmm. They have to have it. It's part of FFA, FAA law uh, that they have to have an IFF system because basically if, if you don't have an IFF system, you are a foe. Right. You are dangerous, right? Yeah. And basically this is this is the military's way of determining that we don't have uh somebody coming here from another country with a makeshift aircraft that's going to use it for kamikaze missions. Right? right. Say like uh an airport in Alaska, right? This guy's coming in to land his plane and get gas. How do we know without that receiver transponder that it's not a Russian aircraft that just made that little jump? to alaska mm -hmm. and is now going to land there you know right. they have to know these sorts of things you know where is this who's belongs who is this aircraft belong to and you know can it transmit and receive those signals exactly so the way that the body language of these people because we didn't get straight answers but i'm just going off the body language and i'm, I'm you know i'm assuming here uh that they did in fact get something back by some of these objects, not every object, of course, but there are cases where they got something back where they either knew exactly what it was or they had no fucking clue what it was. Mm -hmm. um, but the simple fact that they had the technology that was the IFF system means that it is human based. Right. And I right. can't speak for everything. But at least some of them were were human. Um, you guys got any questions about that? Uh, so you said that works off of radio frequency? Yes, it is RF frequencies. Okay, so my only thing about that is, um, let's say that they did get a weird signal back. I'm not sure... I'm not well versed in radio frequencies or how that would even show up to uh, another aircraft. But for instance, uh, Tesla. So mm -hmm. when you talk about Tesla, you know that he built the Tesla tower and the Tesla tower kind of gathered electrical energy from around itself. Well, he used radio frequency to gather that electrical current. Mm, so I see where you're going with this. If you're if you're sending out a radio frequency towards some sort of craft and it's using the electromagnetic field that's around it using radio frequency. I don't know 
what that would look like as a response mm. to that message. It would probably look like alternating code. So, you know, I don't know how much I can talk about this. And for all the listeners, Jeremy is the nerd on this topic. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't uh, pay attention enough dealing with it because it, it just blew my mind. I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. This sounds like witchcraft. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. Jake's like, the engines work. Yeah. So I got to fix the ears. So Jake was originally a knuckle dragger. Yeah. Uh, worked on the propulsion systems. He was known as a mech. Yep. Um, so he, he wasn't necessarily into the the avionics and the electrical components and everything, all the fascinating, fascinating wizardry that I'm into. Um, yeah, I, I was never part of the club because I don't play d and <laughs> I don't play D&D <laughs> either, but uh... I do LARP. <laughs> I don't, I all don't. right, still part of the club then. That was a joke. Yeah. Um, I would say, because basically how, how, how it all works is codes, right? You get a code that says, okay, blah, 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 blah. If you're working... So basically what you're asking is if if we're... If we're interrogating a... by If we're interrogating by the FF, IFF system and we're interrogating something that is using radio frequencies such as the technology used by Tesla and the, the alternating current theory, you know, back when Tesla was fighting uh, whatever his fuckface was, who had DC current, uh, that if we're interrogating somebody who's using something similar to the Tesla technology, which could be a different life form, how would it look to us? Mm -hmm. Is that what the question is? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it would probably be alternating uh, or scrambled numbers, and, and it would be scrambled code. It, it would look like would be... Wingdings setting on Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, no, no, probably not. But it would, <laughs> it would, it wouldn't be a steady code. You'd probably get more than one code over and over again, just like co random codes. Uh, it would be like it'd be like Independence Day when they shoot the uh, ICBM through the alien's face. And they're interrogating them, <laughs> and it comes back with the skull and crossbones. It's like, ah, 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 and then shoots the the missile. That's what it looked like. <laughs> uh, I got references for days, dude. Let's go. I don't. I have I don't no idea. I, I don't. I, honestly, I don't even know how. Um. Like, I don't know how if the pilot knows anything by interrogating them. I like. I really don't no. know much about the system. No, they're basically they basically just just know yes or no. That's it. That's all they know. Um, it's the the pilots are are bona fide bus drivers, basically, <sighs> right? That, that let's let's be honest about it. That's that's what their job is, right? Um, unless you're piloting something like an F eighteen or an Apache helicopter, your job is to be a bus driver. And I mean, shit, That's even on the nice, even the H sixties that we worked on, it's right, a cool pilot, bus. It is a pretty fucking awesome bus. It does look like a minivan though. You're right. <laughs> With rotors but, and a tail but, and wheels. But even, that are even, different. even then the pilots on the sixties don't shoot anything. That's all the air crewmen. They could, they got rocket pods and stuff. 
Well, once you put the bat wings on anyway. and stuff, I, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. Right, but for for the most part, okay, cool bus, bus drivers, bus drivers with weapons. We'll go yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> Texan bus drivers. Now, any of my pilot friends <laughs> that are that are listening to this right now, I love you guys, and you guys are much more badass than the than the, the bus drivers I'm referring to. Not you guys, everybody else. Yeah, the cod, yeah. the cod pilots. Yeah, the cod They're flyers, bus drivers. Literally, literally <laughs> bus drivers. Um. Literally, they call them greyhounds. It's a greyhound <laughs> bus with wings. <laughs> That's funny. That's very yep. funny. I never thought about that. Um, <laughs> people are going to be listening to this and be like, these guys need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, they're definitely pogs. You're, you're going to get another uh, digital assassin comment. I yeah. need digital assassin to, <laughs> to man up and come on the show and talk to us. Oh, oh this is the episode. Hey. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think this is the episode that's going to bring them back. Anyways, Mike, we have a friend uh, who leaves us reviews on our show. His name is Digital Assassin, and he does not like this show. Oh, he says we are government. Us. We are government pogs. We are oh. paid opposition. Yeah, that's why we keep saying it. That's why We're we yeah. into it. Yeah, we literally <laughs> fuck with them. Bunch of shells. Yeah, every episode shells. we try to put something in there for him. <laughs> um, see if he'll update his uh review and make it worse <laughs> <laughs> he's done it a couple of times yeah um he's like no you're ugly <laughs> <laughs> um so that's it that's pretty much all i got guys what do you uh does anybody else have anything else from this congressional hearing from yesterday um no sticking to where I was at originally, that this was just scratching the surface with a lot of non-answers. A whole mess of non-answers. The really important stuff. you know. And even when they were answering yes or no to something, I mean, I have the hardest time believing anything that they say. Because, I mean, they've got their whole, their notes right in front of their faces. Like, like I don't want to pointing his fingers at any specific people, but how many times have we seen an address in the last, you know, several months where someone in the audience asks a question and the person at the podium reads from a freaking piece of paper with the questions already on there and then he mm -hmm. reads, then the answer is read off, right? How can we be possibly sure that this is not exactly what's going on here? That the congressmen are asking these direct questions, but how, I mean, I didn't see the camera pan over to Mr. Bray's notes where it just says, question, blah, 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 answer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know so, I mean, I, I have the hardest time believing it, you know, and, and I think that Mr. Mike had something, something going there when he said, you know, how can we be sure that they're not in the know or, or however, you know, you phrased it where it's not just, you know, they, they all know what's going on and let's just pitch some, you know, some slow balls to them and stuff like that, and then be like, oh, let's get these dang civilians off our backs, right? Yeah. It's just, it's so hard for me to really, unless they're going to be 100% uh, uh, transparent, which I don't think is a good idea, because if it is, you know, new weapons technology and stuff like that, and we do have some pretty serious adversaries around the world, I think that it's important to have those things under wraps, because, yeah, I mean, until they're released, you know, it's. I don't think that everyone needs to know that sort of stuff. 
But at the same token, unless they're going to be 100% transparent with everything, I have a hard time believing really anything that they say. I love that uh, that softball reference. That was, that was good. Okay, yeah. buddy. I'm going to just throw this up there for you, okay? A little just... slow pitch for you, yeah. <laughs> just hit it, okay? Yeah. Um, We're going to set this one on the tee for you. Yeah. <laughs> so is that your final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to go next because, because Mike, I think you're, you're probably going to have a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> I, the only other thing that I have to add to this is that if you look at the body language of the people that were talking, um, Jake pretty much had my final thoughts is that this was basically scripted. Um, a lot of looks of approval after saying something, looking to the left, looking to a particular person and being like, you know, all but being like, did I do it <laughs> did I good? Do yeah. Did I do it? Did I do it, Dad? Did I do it? <laughs> tell, tell me I'm a good boy, Pa. Good job, um, champ. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, all but that. I mean, the body language was there. They were being watched. Simple as that. Um, This, you know, unfortunately was not something that we were ever going to get real answers off of this was an introduction to a new program mm. where it's just another way for them to build the budget thank you mr mike because that was not part of my closing uh comments but i absolutely believe it that's it um i have nothing else to add kenzar i want to hear what mike has to say okay mike <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the first. <laughs> um, you know, whenever anything like this ever pops up, any kind of disclosure, whether it be UAP or black projects or anything involving a defense budget, uh, I, I always say that it's bullshit. I think a year ago when they came out with a nine page document, uh, I think that was bullshit. And this year is nothing different. Um, I do believe that those questions were predetermined and kind of figured out for them. Um, when you look at the videos that they brought forward, as I said, I think they just picked specific videos that they could easily explain away. And, you know, TR3B... Videos are rampant. They're everywhere. Um, I think that they could have picked from a large pool of videos and come up with much better evidence and much better videos. And this is all... This is all planned to do a couple things. As I've said, build a budget. You know, you build a new department. You say, well, this department needs money now. And, well, this department is now part of the DOD, which is part of our military spending, which is endless. Mm. So how do you get money? You know, you can't it, imagine if we came to this this uh, congressional hearing and they said, OK, well, we set up this new department, um, but we're going to be under, you know, R&D. We're going to be under science. We're going to be under uh, 
public eye. You know, we're going to take money from things that are not the military. Think of how small that budget would be. Think of, think of what they would gain from that. It would be nothing. They, would, they wouldn't get shit. They'd probably get a couple million dollars. But when you put yourself under the umbrella of the military, that opens every door. It opens every door and it opens every person wallet that's in that room. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. And I think that's why they kind of outlined, yeah, we're part of this, this, and this, and this. It is kind of interesting that they said that the DEA was also a part of their investigations. I thought that was kind of interesting as if uh, aliens are out here peddling smack. <laughs> <laughs> But be. you um, never know these days. Yeah, I think it's also a, dis, a disinformation campaign, like everything else with the government. You know, uh, if you believe your government, then you haven't paid attention to history. And if you believe that they're giving you all the information that they have, save, you know, save special black ops projects mm -hmm. for the military, you know, and, and, in, and technology that they have then you are, you're sorely mistaken. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's just a big disinformation campaign. They're going to push it back another year. Then next year they're going to come and say, well, we looked at a couple other videos and then they'll, they'll show another bullshit video, uh, you know, or a handful of bullshit videos and say, okay, well, this one was definitely a weather balloon. That's always their go-to. Mm. Um, and I think they're going to keep pushing it back and pushing it back until there's a point where the public is more invested in it. Even right now with all this stuff going on with Congress and setting up these, these little meetings, the public is still not interested in it the way that they should. Yeah. You know, imagine, you know, three years has passed and all of a sudden you get 100,000 people that have witnessed a, a bona fide UFO over the White House. That's the only way that these guys are going to turn around and say, yeah, we knew about it. Um, we knew what they were. Uh, you know, now we have the evidence that, you know, they need that thing put in their face so that they can no longer deny it. And until that happens, until the public is fully involved and they're held accountable for everything that they do they will not tell us everything that we want to know and for mm -hmm. those of us that are interested we just keep waiting with bated breath and uh, i don't think we're going to get answers for quite a while mm, yeah kenzar's like ditto <laughs> yeah <laughs> i sorry but i don't really have much to add to the table everything sorry. that it's all been said Copy that. Good job, kid. Thanks. You're going to go places. Oh, I already knew that. She's the new right. face of the show. She yeah. is. Yeah. She is. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she went live for the first time today on Instagram. And, Taking uh, over. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Mike, thanks for coming on, man. Really do appreciate you coming in last second because literally gave him like 15 minute notice. Dang. And uh, came Thanks, in dude. like a trooper, so appreciate that. I have five mystery mics. I'm always on the ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, appreciate you, man. Well, 
why don't you go ahead and let everybody know who you are, where they can find you, and all that, you know, you know the stuff. I know the drill. I know the drill. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I hope that it's not another 90 episodes or something before I come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, only 80, all right? Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Uh, 81. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Now we're getting specific. You guys are way yeah. ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am Mystery Mike from the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. We are a trio-led podcast, audio only for now, uh, where we cover conspiracy theories, cryptids, mysteries, fringe science, all that good stuff, all that fun stuff. Um, we tend to stay away from politics because that'll just get us in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But we're uh, anywhere that you can find podcasts, especially I think the popular one is Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you can definitely find us on there. And June 6th, uh, we're also on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, all that jazz. HushHushSociety.com. We have a website. You know, we cover all the bases. But uh, June 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are doing a live show on our Facebook, so you can join our Facebook group and be a part of it. We're going to be covering uh, transhumanism, and always with our live show, we cover a secret society. This time around, it will be the Yellow Sand Society. This will also be our fifth live show and our 50th 5-0 debriefing, so it's a pretty big one for us. Uh, we're going to be giving away stickers, T-shirts, the usual stuff, but we will uh, – oh, books also. But Ooh. we will also be giving Ooh. away an artistic skate deck done by yours truly. I cool. you know, made it myself. I you know, worked the wood. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. So, you know, Wonderful. Really, really waxed it. Um, but yeah, could, oh, hey, if you, if you like Infinite Rabbit Hole, you'll like us. We're we're different kinds of holes, but uh, you know we're fun. So thank you again, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, that's dude. that's some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I uh I wasn't able to make the last live episode. I was working. Um, but usually I I hype up your your live episodes pretty well, and I'll do the same this time. Uh, June sixth. I don't believe I'm working. It's a Monday. Yeah. Yep. Always a Monday. Yep. I Mondays. Mondays for everything. It's our special day. We like to start the week off Monday, right. Oh, I might have soccer practice. I have soccer. You said seven p.m. Yep. Eastern. Eastern. Six six. Just, I'll be a little late, but I'll be there. Bad skis. You're in there. All right, and we'll we'll post it on the Infinite Rabbit Hole page, so all of our friends, our group, sorry, group, not the page, the group, uh, all mm-hmm. of our friends over there will. We'll see if we can pull some bodies over there for you too. Free Lovely. stuff, everybody. Free stuff. Yeah. yeah, free stuff just for just for being in attendance. It's like a it's like a participation trophy. Is Oprah gonna be there? Is it gonna be a car under my seat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mystery <laughs> meat sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Duct taped underneath your seat. It sounds so good. <laughs> um I will go ahead and uh give every Buddy, all the travelers in the infinite rabbit hole, a little tidbit on how to win some of these free things. 
they do uh, trivia. So wash up on your Hush Hush Society episodes mm-hmm. by listening. If you, if you listen between episode 40 and 49, there are all your answers. So all your answers will be in there. And I've never won trivia, but I've gotten close the first three uh, first three seasons. You're always within a point. I always am, man. <laughs> always and they, within a point. They, like, the third one, I thought I had it. I, I, I had it locked up, and uh, here comes Jeffrey Fernandez. And I'm like, you <laughs> Of course it was mother- Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff loves um, I, I always, because I'm in a different time zone, I unfortunately always miss them. What, I'm still working by the time they in? start. I'm in Pacific oh, Standard. 4 p.m. I'm on the West Coast, yeah. So is Dave, Declassified Dave. Uh, one of our yeah, co-hosts. I'm usually working when they start, so half the time I miss them, and by the time I'm done what I'm doing and I'm home and... Yeah, stupid yeah. time zones. I know, mm-hmm. how, how dare they? can't it all just be the same? Right? right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> um... All right, that's it. Um, thanks, Mike. Really do appreciate you coming in, dude. Uh, really helped us out a lot. This has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole on the Paranormal Network. Thank you once again for listening to this horrible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you at the next fork in the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Are you going to say bye? Bye. Okay. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>